Where the turf meets the surf Down at old El Mar Take a plane, take a train Take a car There's a smile on every face And a winner in each race Where the turf meets the surf At Del Mar It's Breeders' Cup Week Hello And welcome To the Maddest Touches your host Tris Tusa alongside Charlie Radford. Welcome back to the third episode of the Midas Touches. Just a little recap on last week where we had Tom Curry come on and give us some interesting selections that were ultimately unsuccessful. However, we had winners tipped at 9-2 and 15-2 on Frodon and Fusel Raffles with the main selections of the podcast, so it wasn't all bad news. With our new scoring system that we've implemented, Tom scored 15 with his one second place on Galvin. Let's see if Tom Fanshawe can beat him in the leaderboard this week. Now, looking ahead to this weekend, you heard us right. We've got the Breeders' Cup live from Del Mar on Friday and Saturday evening. We're going to be previewing five races from Del Mar before an exclusive interview with Tom Fanshawe, assistant trainer to Orderia, the current holder of the Breeders' Cup, Philly and Mare Turf. So, let's get stuck in. So let's look at that first race, which is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf on Friday evening, just after midnight. You guys are going to have had a few drinks by that point and hopefully settling in for the first winner of the weekend. We've got Modern Games at 5-2 for Charlie Appleby. Dubawi Legend for Hugo Palmer's in at 3-1 at the moment. Al Bar 5-1 for Charlie Appleby. Glainthorne for Aidan O'Brien at 9s. Grafton Street comes in at 10s. Tis the Bomb at 10s. Coinage at 14s along with Mackinon. Then we've got Portfolio Company at 14s and we're 16 to 1 bar. We've got a Dakota Gold who's not the eight-year-old sprinter for Michael Dodds and a notable mention for Michael Bell's Great Max who comes in at 25 to 1. Looks a pretty interesting race dominated by British horses at the moment. Who do you see taking this one, mate? Yeah, so I think you set me up there a bit in the in the intro because I actually don't really have a strong fancy for this race. But I'm just sort of, I, I think it probably will be a European winner that comes over and wins this. The American contingent on on the form that we can see, and, and of course we don't have extensive knowledge of this American form, but we don't think it will be as strong as, as the European form that these guys bring over. Um, I think if I were to give anything a tentative shout, it would probably be Al Bar for Charlie Apu and Frankie Dottori. This horse is already a grade one winner, albeit in, in Canada where the racing isn't perhaps as strong. But he did beat Grafton Street that time. And he also has had some 
pretty decent European, some some good British form to um, comment on too. So a very tentative selection for our bar here, but I'm going to keep the powder dry and, and, and wait for the other races where I have some stronger selections. Um, I've got nothing against the top two in the market, Dabari Legend and Modern Games, but I think their wide draws could count against them in this 14 run of field. I prefer something at a bigger price, and it is Glownthorn for Aidan O'Brien, who ran in the Dewhurst on only his second start, coming sixth of eight behind Native Trail, but he fell out the stalls that day and never really got into it. So I'm going to forgive him that run. He was, he was running in the strongest two-year-old race of the year at that point. He was then entered in the Verton Futurity, but Connections opted for an easier route in a Group 3 at Leopardstown in prep for this race. Made his debut in April, then was left off the track for an autumn campaign, and I think Aidan O'Brien may have got this one ready for this race. Aidan's won this race four times since its inauguration in 2007. Ryan Moore was on board for all four of those wins. I think 9-1 to one looks like a really pleasant price here, and I'd be happy to put him up as a pretty strong selection. The first race we're going to look at on the Saturday evening is the 740, the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint, a grade one over five furlongs. Just looking at the market, we've got Golden Pal at five to two. Emirati Anna comes in at sixes. A case of you for Adrian McGuinness at eight to one, alongside Gear Jockey and Kimari for Wesley Ward. Glass Slippers, last year's champion for Kevin Ryan and Tom Eaves, is in at nines, followed by Lieutenant Dan at that same price. Arrest Me Red, an interesting runner, also for Wesley Ward, in at 10s. And then Extravagant Kid is at 20 to 1. Interesting race this. Golden Powell, obviously a massive hype horse for Wesley Ward. Do you see him winning? Yeah, well, he, well, he came over to England, didn't he? And slightly disappointed in, in the Coolmore Nunthorpe. That day, Emiratiana was actually second, finishing very strongly behind Winter Power, who won the race. And that will be my selection for the race here, uh, that being Emiratiana. I think that the horse will be finishing stronger than anyone else at the line, uh, thanks to a very strong pace that will be set up by Golden Powell. We'll know that Golden Powell will ping out the gates and burn a really strong pace from the offset which should really play into Emiratiana's hands. I also think that the draw, being drawn in draw gate two, as they say in America, uh, right next to Gordon Paolo's in gate three, will also help this horse just to get a nice toe into the race. Obviously, Kevin Ryan's previous winner of this race, uh, having won it last year with Glass Slippers, who is back again this year. I think Glasshipper certainly has a good chance, hasn't won this season, but has run very respectfully every time he's been seen. But I think the firm ground might not be quite suit, so I'm willing to leave Glass Slippers and, and go for the other Kevin Ryan horse here in Emiratiana. Lovely stuff. Um, I'm going to take you on here and I'm going to I'm going to go for that favourite, Golden Pal. Um, for me, there's a sharp bend here that they're going to have to contend with. And that's something that Emiratiana will be rather inexperienced with having plied her trade on straight tracks in the UK. Um, so yeah, I'd look towards those American sprinters here looking at Golden Powell's recent form. He convincingly beat extravagant kid on his last time out, who was a solid fourth in this race last year 
and for me is a really good top level sprinting yardstick. I'd say Golden Powell is the class horse in this race and there's a chance that he's just going to nick this one off the front end. If I was going to have a saver anywhere, it would probably be on Glass Slippers who won this race last year. I think that this horse could be attacking late on and we might see a pretty exciting finish in this race. So for me, it's Golden Powell and Glass Slippers and for Charlie, Emirati Anna in the big sprint of the weekend. Okay, so the next race we're going to be previewing is the 8.59. It's the Maker's Mark Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf, grade one, which obviously features our special guest's horse, Ordaria. The market is as follows. So as favorite, you've got Love at 7-2. Well, actually, I'm seeing joint favorites here now, Love and Warlike Goddess. Behind that is Love's Only You, the Japanese Raider at 9-2. Then we've got the aforementioned Ordaria at 11-2 for James Fanshawe with William Buick on board. Following that, we've got the French Raider Rougier at 13-2. Then going to Vegas, 16-1. Akinella at 20 to 1, my sister Nat 25s and 33 to 1 bar. So Tristan, what is your most likely winner of this race? Obviously, I'm really excited to see what Tom has to say on this race. I see this as it's it's pretty interesting. I think that there's going to be a lot of pace up front. Going to Vegas is likely to go forward. Um, course specialist having won twice at this track loves also likely to be prominent here um and for that reason i think odara's definitely got a chance closing late on attacking at that pace but i think that there is one that might just trump them all hitting that hitting that line hard and that is warlike goddess who comes in here for bill mott the trainer has trained a host of winners at the Breeders' Cup over the years, including five wins in the distaff. This one, Warlike Goddess, destroyed my sister Nat two starts ago and followed that with a win in the Grade 1 Flower Bowl Stakes. I think this one really looks like the class horse in the race. She's on the up, and it would not surprise me at all if she won very impressively. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's a fair assessment of this race. I'm definitely not against Warlike Goddess. One one other horse that I would have a look in this, though, is the Japanese Raider, and that's Love's Only You. This horse, the trainer reported that this horse's target all year has been this exact race, which the same probably cannot be said for some of the other horses in here. I think the style of racing that the uh, that they have over in America will really suit this horse. And... I also think that looking back at her form, she has some really, really good form in the book. It's not just the Japanese form that we're used to with some of these Japanese raiders who haven't actually had any runs outside of Japan. So go into these things very much an unknown quantity. Love's Only You finished very close in behind Mishrif in the Shima Classic at Maidan back in March. And... Mishrif obviously is a hugely highly regarded horse um, back in Britain. And so I think on that form alone, it should take her very close in a race like this. I think obviously fast ground suits, um, the distance won't be a problem either. 
And I'm just excited to see what this filly can do because obviously the Japanese are starting to bring through some some quite smart horses. You know, think of your Chronogenesis or Deep Bond, for example. They're 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 producing some quite nice horses recently. Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting one. Obviously, with all those form lines, international form lines coming and meeting each other at Del Mar on Saturday night. We're going to go for a little break. Cue the music. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that music as much as we did. So the next race is the 1020, the Breeders' Cup Mile. Space Blues currently heads the market for Charlie Appleby at five to two. Mo Forza for Peter Miller at six to one. Mother Earth seven to one for Aidan O'Brien. Blowout for Chad Brown at elevens. Also with Master of the Seas, another Charlie Appleby runner for Godolphin. In Love at twelves. Got Stormy at fourteens for Mark Cass is alongside Pearls Galore also at that price and they're 16 to 1 bar those huge race space blues upped to the mile for the first time in a while where do you see this one going charlie yeah well i think that's a good point Tristan. thanks for making it space blues is back at one mile for the first time in a bit we've come to know him as a really good seven furlong specialist no, that's not to say he can't win this race and he's obviously a quality performer on his day, but I'd rather go for someone who's really tried and tested over this mile trip. That's why I'm going to be putting up Mo Forza here. Firstly, as I say, he he has good form over this one mile trip. He won a group one on his latest start uh, over the one mile trip on firm ground. And then before that, Back here at Del Mar, he also won over a mile, that, that being a group two, uh, grade two contest. So he's definitely going to relish this. He's going to relish this track as well. And another thing he's really got going for him here is the jockey and trainer stats at this race course. They basically, both of them, absolutely love Del Mar. So I'm just going to throw a couple of stats uh over the from the last five seasons at Del Mar. So Flavian Pratt has been riding at a 31% strike rate, returning a £64.50 profit off a £1 level stake, while Peter Miller, the Those trainer... Are crazy numbers. Pretty good. We'll just wait for this. <laughs> um, Peter Miller has been striking at 23% with a whopping £91.80 profit off a £1 level stake. Those, as Tris mentioned, are very impressive numbers and they clearly target this track for their horses. One other point I actually would want to mention on this as well is I think, I assume rather, that Flavian Pratt would have had the choice to also to ride Blowout for Chad Brown. Now Blowout's coming here off the back of a grade one win uh, where Pratt actually rode that day. So I think that is another positive towards Mo Forza in this one that Flavian Pratt's decided to side with him. Yeah, look, that looks good. And I I I wouldn't really put anyone off Mo Forza. Um, but I'm gonna have to put up one that I've just absolutely love watching for the whole season, and that is Mother Earth. 
I do like the uh, European runners here. Looking at some of the form of, of the Americans, Get Stormy, for example, best piece of recent form is beating set piece into second in the four-star Dave grade one handicap back in August. Set piece was, was once rated 99, being a listed winner on the all-weather at Kempton for Roger Charlton. So forget Stormy to beat that and only be at 14 to 1 for this really suggests that with Mother Earth being 7 to 1, that's probably a bit of value. She's been so solid all season. She won the 1,000 guineas, as I said, on her reappearance at Newmarket. Subsequently, she's been placed in five Group 1s whilst also winning the Group 1 pre-Rothschild. On her last run, she was fifth in the QE2 behind Bayed, which I know, as you said earlier, you suggested was her best piece of form to date. I'm not quite sure about that. I think that was a bit below par for her. I think she's drawn nicely and as solid as she is, she should give a great account of herself as an each way bet at seven to one. I, I actually, I do think that was her best run though, to be honest. I think that she, well, firstly, she outrun her odds in a big way. She was 33 to one that day. And also, if you look back at it, she finished off that race really well. And of course, look who's in front of her. You've got Baid, Palace Pier, Lady Bothorpe and The Revenant. I mean, if any of those turned up here, I can imagine them being a pretty short price for this race. So you're saying that I've got a pretty good point with uh, Mother Earth then? Yes. <laughs> Everyone. Go and take up that, gobble up that seven to one right now because it looks like Mother Earth is going to give a good account of herself against Charlie's selection, Mo Forza. That's the Breeders' Cup mile tied up for you guys. Now for the penultimate race of the evening, we're going to be looking at the Longines Breeders' Cup turf, a grade one over one mile and four furlongs. Tarnawa currently heads the market at seven to four. The Arc second. Domestic spending for Chad Brown at five to one. Tiona, who clearly didn't run in that Arc. She was pulled at a late stage at sevens. Yibir for Charlie Appleby at nines. Walton Street at elevens. Gufo at fourteens for Christoph Clement. Sisfahan for Hank Gru is a German raider at 16 to 1 and Rock Emperor for Chad Brown at 20s. Other than that, we've got Bolshoi Ballet at 25 to 1 and then a host of Aiden O'Brien runners are entered who I'm not sure will all take their place. Um, obviously, currently a lot of entries in the market at the moment, but we've covered the top ones. And to be honest, I feel like for both of us, we actually don't need to look past the favourite here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, literally for this, I hadn't even made any notes because I just saw Tanara at the top of the market and I was like, she wins. I think she... Well, we were speaking about this off air actually, but her run in the arc, had she not had to go onto the rail uh, at, a, at a crucial point in the race, she probably would have won that arc. And look, if you've got an arc winner coming into this race, then I think she's a lot shorter than this. And I think 74 is a great juicy. price. Yeah, very juicy, it's very juicy. juicy. Look, she's, juicy a, she's, a, she's a filly 
uh, that I've always loved and, and, and people who know me outside of this podcast will certainly know that I'm always talking about her. I think she's a great horse. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit I'm a bit upset that she hasn't quite done it this season when, of course, last season she was just an absolute superstar. She she won this race last year uh, in very impressive fashion. And so, yeah, I'm not going to look any further than her. I think she's a great bet at 7-4, and I will be siding with her. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, it looks like that race last season was was tougher. I mean, she had to beat Magical into second there, um, who, you know, everyone knows what, what Magical did, won about what, seven group ones or something, Faden O'Brien, which is just incredible. Yeah, I completely agree. I think 7-4 can will probably go on the day as well, given how impressive she was last year. Colin Keane is back on board um, after Christophe Soumillon took the ride in the arc. In terms of a winner, I think that Tarno was your likeliest all weekend. Um, so if you guys want to have a winning selection, maybe think about backing her. I, I would just quickly caveat that with she has drawn 13 and look, she's good enough to overcome that. But a wide draw like this in a 14 runner race isn't going to be easy. So... Yeah, although yeah, watch out for that. with her, you know, with her hold up tactics, it it might mean that they have a clear passage around the outside. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the that's the alternative view. But yeah, no, definitely, definitely something to think about when when placing your bets this weekend. Finally, before we get to hear from Tom on his thoughts about this weekend's action, we're gonna have a little crack at the Breeders' Cup Classic. Neither me or Charlie will pretend that we know the American form that well, but we're going to have a little crack at it for you guys so that hopefully you can have a winning bet slip to crown off what's been a fantastic weekend. Just looking at the market, Nick's go, the five-year-old is at nine to four. Essential quality, three to one. Hot Rod Charlie, fives. Medina Spirit, the Kentucky Derby winner, 11 to two. Max Player. Nine to one, art collector for Bill Mott, tens, Tripoli at twenty twos, and then their forties. Bar that, right? You 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 start because, I mean, I I've got a short word for one, but I'll let you go first here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks, Tris. So I, I'm I'm actually just going to go with Hot Rod Charlie here, and it, it's not because I not like the name because I'm also called Charlie, <laughs> but Hot Rod Charlie is actually a really consistent horse and may not always win these races but does come very close all the time uh he has some very strong form tied in with both medina spirit and essential quality he was a winner last time out in the pennsylvania derby i think he'll give you a good run for your money he's a really really likable horse if you watch him and yeah i'm gonna put up hot rod charlie for this nice one and as much as I don't want to love him, I'm going to have to put up Medina Spirit here for Bob Baffert, who's been in the news for all the wrong reasons. It's actually a miracle that he's got any runners this weekend. Um, but Medina Spirit, clearly, if he can manage to get the drugs that he's going to put in this horse past the doctors and the vets on the day, then I think Medina Spirit probably will win. So rather than me actually betting on Medina Spirit as a horse, I'm going to bet on Bob Baffert getting past the drug stewards at Del Mar. Let's see how that one turns out. He's 11 to 2, so, you know, I am kind of joking. Um, and he's actually a very good horse. So, yeah, 11 to 2 seems like a bit of value. 
And uh, I hope you like that joke. Right, we're going to go for a quick break. After the break, we're going to have Tom Fanshawe's interview where he tells us his three tips for the weekend, as well as an exclusive interview talking about their big runner defending her crown at the Breeders' Cup, or Daria. We'll see you after the break. Okay, so we've got Tom Fancher on the line here, who is assistant trainer to his dad, James, who's trained 22 Group 1 winners. Tom is joining us live from Heathrow Airport on his way out to San Diego for this weekend's Breeders' Cup. Tom, first of all, how are you? Are you excited for a huge weekend? Yeah, it's it's obviously exciting to be going out there, Tris. And, um, you know, obviously last year was was, uh, a big success, so... Hopefully we uh, we have as much fun this year. Obviously, everyone wants to know about your super filly or Daria, uh, but before we get there, let's let's talk about your three fancies for this weekend's action over at Del Mar. So obviously, last year Tarnal was very impressive in the uh, Breeders' Cup turf. Um, that was strong form in the Arc last time out. Um, she's just a high class mare, and I think she she's going to be very tough to beat in the Breeders' Cup turf. She she hasn't got the best draw in 13, um, but she's got experience in America and she's got the quality in the race. So I think she'll be very tough to beat. Um, on the fir- I, I should have started off with my first tip. I've obviously gone to Tarnara, who's kind of my 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 nap of the, the meeting. But that's cool. The, um, on the on the Friday, um, I like James Ferguson's filly Mise on scene. She's also got a bad draw in 13. I loved her run in the Phillies, Phillies Mile at Newmarket. She she kind of had no luck there and, and finished the race really strongly. And um, uh, I think she's got a bit of quality and it'd be great for James Ferguson. You know, he's only been training, um, I think it's just, is it first or second year. He's done unbelievably yeah, well. Yeah, he's already had a good one winner last, last week in France. And, um, you know, I think it'd be uh, icing on the cake would be to, to, to go and have a win in the Breeders' Cup. I think that'd be amazing. I, I think he's got a real life chance with me on scene. Finally, um, I think the Space Blues is very impressive out in France. Um, a very high quality horse, and um, the, the the mile trip should be no problem. They go quick in quick in America, and that should suit. And um, I show a really good turn of foot in France, and I think it'd be tough to beat again um, on Saturday. That so is, he has a good draw in thirty, in three, and 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 should hold every chance. Yeah, that's interesting. You say that about the pace because we were definitely discussing that about space blues and you know the fact that he's seven furlong specialist but i think you know you make a really good point that they do go like the clappers out there so yeah that would be that would be interesting that's epic to have those three tips from tom let's now look in a bit more detail at Odoria herself who is seeking to become the only only the second filly to win multiple breeders cup filly and mare turf crowns after Ouija board and the first she would be to win it in consecutive years she's had an okay season in terms of her results this year without actually winning and maybe one poor run at Goodwood how has she been working in the lead up to this one yeah she seems in good form she um she you know she's she's been um obviously on the go for quite a while now so it's just about ticking her over we don't do too much with her at home but 
Um, the signs are good. She seems bright. She had a buck and she, you know, she had a buck and a kick out out of the paddock the other night. It shows that she's in good form, and she um she's travelled over to America. Good. She went straight into a grub. She she loves travelling. Um, you know, you have some horses that they lose a lot of weight and they lose a bit of condition, but she's one that she just kind of thrives off travelling. Um, and and she just seems in good order. So um, you know, in terms of her well-being, she seems in in, in decent nick. It's obviously out there now it's all about getting the luck and running getting the gaps and um you know obviously you need luck on your side out in america yeah of course exactly yeah i just wanted to ask um tom who would you think is her biggest danger in the race um i think the japanese horse is is has got very strong international form he's got form in maidan she's got she's got form in maidan she's got form out in hong kong she's got kind of strong form everywhere and um, she's bound to be suited by the style of racing in, in, in America. She's obviously high class. Love, you know, she's got a pretty good barrier in, in, in she's got a pretty good draw in six. Um, I think she'll probably race quite prominently. And I think Ryan will have a, you know, he's one of the best tactical jockeys around. So he'll obviously have a, have a plan. Uh, and then you're a bit unsure on how good the American horses are because you don't have a, don't come up against them very much. But obviously, um, the, the favourite Bill Mott's horse, she she you know she's looked impressive in all the starts this year. She um she seems to have a, have a you know she's won over a mile and a half half and um she's sure to be finishing strongly late. Yeah, no, I, I, think I kind of sorry, carry on, carry on. No, there. I um, I was just gonna sorry. say I think it is an interesting point, isn't it? Because th- this race um more so than a few on the card, you've got horses coming from everywhere. So you've got the American horses, you've got a Japanese raider. Uh, you've got the French coming over, the Irish, and, and obviously you guys as well. So it must be quite hard, I guess, to sort of, you know, look at all these different horses, all these different form lines and judge sort of where you sit within that. But I guess that's a part and parcel of going going abroad to these big meetings, isn't it? Exactly. That's the thing is I'd love to tell you this is where we stand and this is what's in the race. But the fact of the matter is you just don't know. You, you know, you could have an absolute... <laughs> You know the, the the Japanese horse could be absolutely. She she's been make racing against you know the likes of Mishrif and um, you know top top quality international horses. So it's hard to kind of get a um, kind of an understanding of where how how what their limit is. Yeah, we'll, we'll look at the um, look at the arc this year. Yeah. You know? um, that, yeah. The, the German the German horse there, which I backed by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, actually, well, yeah. Like, geez, that's a, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's one to be shouting. That's one to be shouting about. Anyway, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, take my hat off you there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, so, uh, what w- what would it mean to your family if if she were to defend her title? Oh, it'd just be absolutely unreal. Like it's uh, it's a family business, and obviously we're we're out in the yards every morning. We put it's our life. It's it's everything, and you're taking on um, you're, you're taking on best of the best and it's it's you know it's it's not just a national stage it's the international stage so this is the kind of pinnacle of of racing all over the world so um to be there and just uh just to have a run is amazing and and um and obviously there's a widely seen video of my parents celebrating last year so that kind of half yeah. gives an indication yeah. of what it of I, what it meant to them but it's uh i think we're going to try and yeah, get that posted on our, on our instagram in the next couple of days <laughs> please don't <laughs> um no it's 
Brilliant. Mate, um, I like the very, very best of luck from both of us two. We've got one final question. Um, Absolutely. Granted that they're very, very different animals running at different distances, who would you choose, Ordaria or the Tin Man? Well, I've got a big soft spot for the Tin Man because I, 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 I spent plenty of time with him through his career. Um, so I'd always have to stay in a sort of Tin Man campus. Ordaria is normally with Mary as well. She, she, uh, she is just tough as nails. But I think Tin Man was kind of widely renowned as a people's horse. He was just a real character, and and um, you know everyone. You mentioned the name. Obviously, you mentioned the name Ordario, and everyone goes, "Oh, what a man!" But everyone, everyone. You mentioned the Tin Man. Everyone just says how much they love him because he had that kind of temperament and and cool personality that the public just seemed to love. So. Um, Obviously, you don't. You, you love having both of them in the yard, but I have a big soft spot for the Tin Man. So love it, love it. Well, mate, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on this podcast. Um, I know our listeners are going to find it fascinating hearing hearing your intake on um, Ordaria's chances this weekend. Yeah, so the very best luck, best of luck from. Thank you from very me. much. Thanks very much for having me, lads. It's it's, uh, it's it's great to be on here. No, not at all, mate. Not at all. I hope, you back a few, I hope you I hope you back a few winners in profit <laughs> over the few days. Yeah. And mate. your viewers are too. Yeah, well hopefully. I think you've given some good selections there. Awesome, mate. Well, we'll see. Thanks so much and have a have a safe flight. Cheers, lads. Thank you very much. Wow, what an amazing interview that was with Tom. That is all we've got time for today. We hope you've enjoyed this Breeders' Cup special. Obviously, best luck with all of your selections over the weekend. And we look forward to seeing how Tom Fanshaw's selections have fared in our leaderboard against Tom Curry. That's all for today. It's a goodbye from me and we'll see you next week. <laughs>